0: Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Hey, on this episode, we are going to be covering, can owners get top dollar exit offers just by focusing on the client experience? And how to give yourself a raise, if you're a practice owner, how to give yourself a raise in the next three months, then using the same approach, the same type of system, how to grow your net profits of your practice, your physical therapy practice, your healthcare practice, so that you could eventually sell some or all of your practice in the next three years or in the timeline that you choose. All that and more on this episode. This is Dave Kittle. On the Dave Kittle Show, I'm the owner of Concierge Pain Relief Home Physical Therapy in New York City and the CEO of the Fieldmaker Group. We are currently acquiring practices in New York and New Jersey. Today, we have another guest back on the podcast for the second time. Jerry Dermy needs no introduction. Physical therapist, previous practice owner. He's a consultant, a podcaster. He's helping more physios and and practice owners than is even uh, quantified because he he provides a lot of value, a lot of stuff that is uh, out in the open on YouTube and just full transparency of how he helps folks. And all that and more we're going to cover. So, Jerry, first of all, uh, welcome on, welcome back. Thank you, Dave.
1: How are you? All
0: is well. Thank you.
1: Your Eagles are in first place. Your Phillies are fighting for a playoff spot. It's a good year to be a Philadelphia sports fan.
0: That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, other than sports, because your so your Giants are kind of fading uh, on the dude. Giants are done. And the way things looked yesterday, so are
1: my Niners. So I'm waiting for the Warriors, dude. <laughs> I posted yesterday, when did the Warriors start?
0: Well, the, the, the pro sports things are nice, but we can't control them. What we can control as physios, as physical therapists, and as practice owners is the the patient life cycle, the, the patient and the client experience. And you and I were riffing behind the scenes in a little bit of a pre-interview about how... Physical therapists, PTs, OTs, other healthcare practice owners—if they take an approach that is uh, maybe it's outside the box, maybe not, maybe it shouldn't be—but so let me just kick it to you, Jerry. So, how can practice owners potentially do better financially, and and meaning have more take-home profit after they're serving their community? You know, they're compensating their their staff, they're treating their staff well, they're trying to grow their practice, or just continue to serve the individuals of their community, how can those practice owners do better financially with all this stuff that's going on inflation? And are we in a recession and all that? How can they do better? Can they do better? And if there's a will, there's a way. But what are your thoughts? on that was kind of like one of the, the topics I wanted to kick over to. You. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that opening. Those are good questions. And I want to, um i want to circle back to what you said before you even asked me that question is, things that are under our control. And I want everybody to understand that this this patient life cycle, if you understand your patient's life cycle, right, their journey within your business, you are in full control of this experience. And that, that was a huge tipping point for me in this journey of helping people to maximize their impact in their community so it could impact their business in a huge way. That was one of the tipping points when I looked at, well, if I know this person's journey, one patient, right? journey within my business, then I can create the experience and the experience is this emotional journey through your business. And I tell everybody, um, people can get our solutions elsewhere. So why will they choose us? So we've got to go away from selling a solution. Hey, I can help you with your back pain. Well, so can the other 20 or 30 providers. If we're in New York, if we're in Philly, if we're in LA within 5 miles... So, what we're sharing and what we're selling to drive this business is this journey that we are going to take people on to their desired outcome. That's really important. We can control for all that, my friends. I want to double back to what Dave said. So, if I get in this mindset of, um, if I get in this mindset of understanding my patient's journey within my business, and then building out an experience. So those are the systems and the processes that manage the touch points. As someone is moving through your business, then you will be more successful. You will drive more, right? You'll drive more sales conversion. So your marketing will change. It will be easier, simpler to manage the sales conversation, the front desk, I want a good schedule. It will then be simpler to retain people because you will have connected all the touch points within your business to deliver this experience. And I'm going to tell you, you friends listening out there, you're not far off. This is not a lot of work. All my most successful clients are 70 to 80% there. They just need a visual. They can talk all this stuff with me. They know it. And what we do is we put it all on paper and then we make sure that their teams they have the training and the onboarding and that their teams are aware on how to deliver on this and they're no different than you and me and i've got i've got in network clinics out of network clinics cash clinics i got pete's clinics i got musculoskeletal clinics i got mobile clinics so this isn't a niche down specific to any group it's a healthcare practice model to create greater success for your patient so that you can benefit from it. And implementing this stuff, the beauty of being 70 to 80% of the way there, which probably most everybody listening to this podcast are, is the stuff you implement today will start to return. This is what I love about the clients I work with, right? Is because they're close. So we start implementing stuff in a week later, two weeks later, we start to see the change and the change in the business metrics, right? So which means their patients are, shall we say, doing better because they're arriving and they're paying in their pain and they're staying.
0: So in regards to our current economic climate, we have inflation kind of leveling off, but it's still been a challenge. It's still been an issue for a lot of folks. We have healthcare reimbursement payment, either plateaued or in some cases declining. Owners in the past several years, if not longer, feeling squeezed from Several sides, including the the insurance side of things, the payment side, and maybe the fear or the unwillingness to offer private pay options and services, things like that, kind of they got used to whatever you know if they were hundred percent in network, they might have been just used to that for x amount of years or decades so your type of an approach of managing expectations, communicating with new patients, having a full structure of how that type of new patient just one each person, one person finds a practice and enters that whole world and that whole ecosystem. Most owners, I'm assuming, don't really have something like this organized. And and that's okay, because that's why there's folks like you that help them and and put out a lot of free content, which is super generous on your YouTube. But what are some tangible ways that your type of an approach could help an owner on the short end? So you said 3 months in the pre-interview, 3 months, this owner that thinks this way, acts this way, could find themselves giving themselves a raise. If everything else stays the same, employees' uh, salaries stay the same, their fixed and variable costs in the next three months, let's say, are approximately the same, The rent stays the same, everything else is pretty much the same. So an owner that's watching or listening probably wants to hear a little bit more about what are some okay. ways that they could have more, more profit, more take-home in the next three months by this type of an approach what like what are some tangible ideas or 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 steps to that
1: so let's just say this podcast drops what day of the week does this podcast drop does it matter this will be going out one day of the week a Wednesday. wednesday okay so i want to speak to today so you're listening to this on wednesday here's what i want you to do tomorrow when you walk in the office so let's talk tangible day let's talk tomorrow right let's talk thursday morning here's what I find consistently is people are not aware of... So literally putting more money in in the bank account by Friday. And it's Wednesday, my friends, Friday. People are not aware of the lost business through their front desk on a daily basis. And you must track your leads. A lead is someone calling... And saying, I want to do business with you. I need your help. Whether your front desk schedules them or not, you must know they called your clinic. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you're not tracking that, then you're losing money through your front desk today. I post that twice a week in my private Facebook group. I go, happy Tuesday. How much business will your front desk lose you today? If you're not tracking leads, and that means I want to know at the end of the day, how many people call this to schedule? And this is always a tell. I always ask people, front desk or whatever, how many calls you get today? 20. How many new patients you have on the schedule? 20. I'm like, so you didn't track all the calls? Well, no, no, no. I, I don't track the people that don't schedule. I'm like, why not? Right? There is opportunity in that group that didn't schedule. And I'll tell you, there's two types of opportunity. There's opportunity if we flip the conversation, which is the second part of this conversation, We flip the conversation. Some of these people that hung up and didn't schedule will schedule. There's that lost opportunity. But the other lost opportunity is not knowing how these people are finding you. You're spending money to get these phone calls. So lost opportunity is I don't know the results of my marketing, right? So start tracking the leads on Thursday morning and just telling your team, look, I want everybody. Well, but they called and we didn't take their insurance. You know me. That that's the biggest deal breaker right there, right? Because it doesn't matter if you take their insurance or not. What matters is can we help them solve their problem. Step number one, and then based on that, right? Can they afford not us? And we don't get to make this decision. Can they afford our services with insurance, without insurance? So number one, start tracking leads on Thursday morning. Number two, is flip the phone conversation, which I'm alluding to right now. Don't let insurance or in network or out of network, drive the conversation. And we're going to keep this short and sweet on this because I'm going to tell everybody where to go to get this in depth. Don't let that drive the conversation. I'm just asking you and just bear with me. I've had the conversation this week. Oh, Jerry, our clients, our patients won't pay out of pocket. I'm like, they pay every month for their premiums. They're paying more and more. I've been in this business 30 years. Everybody is paying out of pocket. And all I'm going to ask for you in return is not to make assumptions and do not allow your front desk to make the assumption. So number one, start tracking leads tomorrow morning, Thursday morning. Number two, yeah, go for it. And, go for and
0: it. They, don't, they don't need an expensive app for that. They could literally use it. Oh, no, use a Google sheet.
1: Yeah, just use a Google sheet. That's what I have everybody do. Thank you for that. And number two is tell your front desk to start for this. Are you in network with our insurance, with this insurance, You know what, Dave? I'm more than happy to answer that question. But first off, I want to understand why you called us here today at ABC Physiotherapy, because you obviously have a physical therapy need. And I want to find out more about that and see if we can even serve you before we worry about your insurance. Would that be okay? And I'm going to tell you right now, people greater than 50% of those people will talk about themselves. Don't forget, I did this job. I did this job. I did this exact job. I was out in network 20 years ago. So lead tracker, Google sheet, get your team to flip the conversation. Quit asking about insurance and doctor referrals. Talk to the person about what it is they need from you, what they want from you. Assure them if you can, that you can deliver that, then ask them how they want to pay. Those are two things starting tomorrow. I mean, it's plain and simple. There there is no leverage anybody has. Anybody has in this company, no matter how much work. I talk to people every week. Oh no, Jerry, I did all that work. I did all this work. I go, cool, let's do an audit. Let's look. And I'm not saying there are people doing great work. And I think, hey, I finally found them, right? There's always a way to improve it. Just like a high performing automobile, right? Or anything else,
0: right? So story time real quick. This past weekend, Went to the car dealership, got her car service, new oil change, oil filter, whatever. And they come out and they say, Hey, one of your tires has a bubble. And so basically, it's a risk. If you drive on a bubble tire, you basically have to get it switched out. They didn't have that stock tire at the dealership on a Saturday. They said they'd have to order it and it would be there on Monday. Then my wife and I, we start, we go to Google. We just start calling around right away. We start calling tire places all over Brooklyn and Staten Island. And I found myself calling all these places, not introducing my name, right? I was just like, hey, first of all, we have a bubble in our tire. We're looking for a full tire replacement. And here's the model number, the make and model of this tire that we're looking for. And do you happen to have it in stock or not? And then, then of course, then I was asking about price. I found myself calling and not even introducing myself. And that's what a lot of owners and practices hear. Where a new patient or a prospective patient, excuse me, a prospective patient calls in, they answer the phone. Hi, do you take United Healthcare? And so I think owners have been conditioned to be responsive and reactive to a lot of that because just a lot of us are used to just calling places if they perceive it to be a commodity, maybe, right? I I think the
1: best, best way to present it is if you answer that question. So if, if Dave calls, and I say, ABC Physiotherapy, this is Jerry, how may I help you? If Dave calls and says, do you take my insurance? He's telling me he values my service as a commodity. I'll go one further. He's telling me he doesn't understand any other world than physical therapy being a commodity. So right. I must take control. By the way, I'm thinking already of the tire guys. I'd be like, oh, my gosh. Oh, and your wife, too? Yeah, dude, I've been selling you hard, Right. <laughs> So Dave calls, I tell people, my favorite call is every front desk person's worst call. If you go through and ask your front desk, what calls do they hate the most? All people start with, do you take my insurance? I say, I love it because it's you telling me you have no idea what I had to sell you. And now I'm in control. If you call and ask me how much it is, you're telling me you have no idea what I have to offer, you're offering to buy a commodity. And I say, thank you very much for telling me that now I'm in control. And everybody else said, my favorite call is when people say, I want to schedule physical therapy. Here we go. I need a tire, right? I want to schedule physical therapy. Every friend desk will tell me that's their favorite call. And I say, it's your favorite call because you're lulled into a false sense of security. You never ask them what they're buying. You assume physical therapy is the same for everybody. And again, you have commoditized it. Back to your example, dude, right? It's yes we're condition. And you know what? The same front desk people, the same owner, the same everybody will do the same exact thing to their healthcare provider.
0: So what's interesting is as I called almost 10 different places for the tire, only one of, let's say if I called eight places, one of the eight places, they all answered the same way, except one place was actually trying to speak to me, warm me up a bit. You your type of an approach. And they asked things like, "What have you been quoted elsewhere?" or "Can we try to be competitive?" kind of thing. And yeah, the, whatever, dude. They, but they, they were going he, deeper. He was asking me questions. I knew the guy's name. His name was Frank. He didn't ask my name, but you know, he was asking me questions to get me kind of leaning into that phone call. Yeah. And I like that because I'm like you. Like I like that whole customer service type of an approach. So, oh, by the that way, was, that was by the way, in. it ain't just me and you, my friend. I tell people
1: all the time oh, people don't want to talk to themselves. I'm like, or talk about themselves. I'm like, oh, so yes, you they never do. ask them. I'm like, oh, yes, they do. <laughs> that was one of the biggest tipping points when I was answering the phone was going, hey, Dave, I'm happy to talk about the insurance with you. Yet here's what I'd like to do first. I'd like to learn more about you and this low back pain you mentioned, because even before we talk about insurance and cost, I want to make sure that we here at ABC Physiotherapy are the best fit for you. Well, you guys know what I did. I just did like three different things with that one statement. And two of the biggest things I did was tell him we're not like everybody else. And I also told him this is all about you. you. You can't lose. At that point, if he says no, I don't care. But if you don't start with that, you automatically lose. Do you take my insurance? I used to love this, sitting next to my front desk. And I'd hear, no, we don't click. And I'd say, well, what'd they ask for? They want to know if we t- took UHC. what Would you tell them? No. I said, what did they need from us? They wanted to know if we took our insurance. I said, no, they didn't. They dialed the physical therapy office. What did they need from us? Oh, I don't know. Why didn't you ask them? Dude, nobody calls a Chinese restaurant and ask them if they have Italian food. I mean, so, right? If, if you call a Chinese restaurant and say, yeah, I want to order, they're going to go, okay. What do you want? You have the menu, right? And they're going to start ordering. I mean, it's just so we allow this huge, we are the worst, you know, we're the biggest reason for the commoditized market we're in because we allow people to schedule for physical therapy. We allow people to schedule by their insurance. I'm not saying insurance is good or bad. It don't matter. My goal is to make that as insignificant as possible. That's number five on my intake process. Everybody else makes it number one, number two. I'm like, No. At the end, okay, you understand. I call it value before price. You understand, right? You understand the problem. We understand the problem to be solved. We understand your expectations. You understand you're seeing an expert. You understand what's going to happen during that first visit with your expert. Then I say, so Dave, how do you want to pay? And 99% of the time, what do you hear? You take my insurance, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we do.
0: So sidebar is we're going to share that. Jerry's going to share the screen and share some stuff. So if you guys are listening on the Apple iTunes or the Spotify Definitely jump over to the YouTube for this episode on the Dave Kittle show because Jerry's going to share some stuff that I don't know if he shares elsewhere or maybe he only shares with his clients, but it'll be the full effect if you get a chance to see what he's walking us through and not just hearing it or circle back on this episode when you get a chance and you're not working out or not driving and then you can watch the YouTube. Yeah, let me do this. So what I'm talking about right now,
1: my friends, is this patient life cycle, right? And I want to show you guys what this looks like. To you. Are we there, Dave? Perfect. Got it. The wheel. So, this is cool. This is your patient's life cycle within your business, right? This is the patient life cycle that I drew up for my business over 15 years ago. It pretty much applies to yours, right? And what's important is not the individual steps, because I'm going to break this down for you in a second. What's important is you see these touch points in this journey happening. And what I want you to do next, so right, this golden moment is when they call. You spend all this time, money, and energy to get new patients and they call. I nicknamed it the golden moment because I'm like, we sat around all day waiting for this, right? Then we used to do a cost call back. Then we did a welcome call. Then they arrived. Then they met their provider. Then they went through an evaluation. Then they went through a course of care. Then a post course of care, not discharge, right? So this is their journey because we're still in contact with them right? Even in the gray part. So this is that patient life cycle I talked about. In every great business on the face of the earth, every successful business, one understands their client's journey within their business. And when I learned that, that's when I started sitting down and mapping out ours and in, our, in my business. I then went deeper and we did this. And this is what I want to share a little more. What Dave and I've been talking about and the way you're going to leverage putting more money in your pocket over the next three months is really starting to understand this phase two, right? So what I really uh, by the way, phase one is your marketing. It's not here. This is kind of an old graphic. And literally when I re- when I first created this, I kind of forgot about marketing. This graphic's old, but it still applies. This phase two is your pre-arrival process. It's that part from your first phone call that we're talking about until they arrive in your business. This is where I spend all my time, money, and energy. This is where I spend the bulk of my time, money, and energy with my clients because this returns the largest ROI of anything you could possibly do in your business. And I'll go toe-to-toe with anybody on anything. You can't hire anybody. You can't buy anything. can't create anything more valuable than the leverage that is available to you during this phase by doing what they've already said, managing and expectations and building trust. So this phase two, this red phase is the pre-arrival phase, right? And when we start managing that differently, people arrive differently. I always say people arrive in the manner you prepared them. So if they know they're going to see an expert who's going to deliver on their expectations, and is going to take a deeper dive during their evaluation is going to take them through a hands on and movement assessment, tell them why they can't get to the gym pain free, why they're having pain in the morning, and then it's going to sit down with you and give you a plan back to the gym pain free. And how of that morning pain and they know that before they even arrive, you don't think that person's arriving differently.
0: And And by the way, and and not dropping off, right? And canceling or no showing, canceling less or not, no showing or not canceling at all. So the
1: proof of process here, just so you all know, is first visit arrival, this cancel rate is drop offs, right? So that this is consistent. And this is how you're going to start pulling more money out of your business on Thursday and Friday, is you're going to start taking these people that are already in the system calling you, right? Maybe already on the schedule, and you're going to start creating greater efficiency, they're going to ride pay and stay at a higher level, right? This Nothing I'm talking about is about increasing a marketing spend anything. Nothing I've told you is increasing a spend on anything. It's just you time, time and energy. Sit down with your front desk, get the lead tracker out, flip the conversation and start managing this red phase. I want to share this other screen with you all. Dave, is that all right? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. I want to show you guys. So think about that red phase. And what we're talking about here.
0: And the, the marketing would be pointing to that golden moment, right? If there was you like are a, all, the you are correct. The phase yep. one kind of starting into that circle. You got it.
1: So, marketing feeds into the golden moment. Marketing um, feeds into that. So, that marketing is just continually spinning 24 7, 365. Your marketing, your branding programs, all of it. And that feeds into people reaching out. I call it raising their hand. Hey, I see you. Hey, I have a question. Hey, I need some help. Right. That's what marketing leads to. Now, if you guys look at that red phase, think about that red phase in that cycle. This is it broken down more in detail. And this is what I do for my clients too. Right. So this initial intake would be like that golden moment. Right. And this is the processes and the lead track. Oh, by the way, here it is. I just told you guys. I didn't even realize this, right? I told you guys, get a lead tracker. And flip the conversation. Well, the basis, the foundation of this initial intake of this golden moment is a lead tracker and flipping the conversation, right? So, um, and for my clients, these all link back to the tools, these all link back to, to videos. So, this is a great way for you to have in Google Drive, in your folders, a training, um, ongoing, right? Training and onboarding system to show your friend, desk how to manage this. Yes, sir.
0: Can I give you Ron Miller's insurance flipping question and get your feedback on it? Because whether it's, we just love your feedback since we're reporting sure. and maybe, I don't know if you ever heard it. So go ahead, Jerry, you asked me uh, if we take your- Oh, insurance. how do you want to pay? I asked you, how do you want to pay? No, 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 you're the patient calling in. You oh, asked me- Oh, yeah, okay. You so take whatever? you say, so Jerry, how do you want to pay? And I say, well, you take my insurance, don't you? So ask me- <laughs> and the United Healthcare Sigma, just pick one of those and say, do you take this?
1: Okay. Hey, uh, Dave. So I'm wondering now, do you guys take my United Healthcare insurance?
0: Hey, Jerry, we will absolutely cover speaking about your United Healthcare insurance. Other than your insurance, what else is important to you in regards to your situation? Yeah. So here's what now, I like to I would love to get your feedback, whether, you know. Well, I'm so, not saying I use it, but that was what Ron Miller. So I think,
1: uh, yeah, I, I think that approach works with this context. So rather than so, he, he you guys, I mean, we're going to go down a rabbit hole. If you, Everybody knows I can talk for eight hours on this first phone call because it's the most important. This is what I'm showing you guys. Look at this, this initial intake, the five step process, the lead tracker, right? All this. And look at this put them on the schedule, the lead tracker, right? All of this happens at that time. You know, it, it is the most important. I don't care what anybody says, because anybody wants to tell me that the evaluation is the most important step. I say, take away my work, your front desk team's work and the way I train them from the process. And yes, it is, but you just put more work downstream on your provider. So I'm telling you, I'm going to set your provider up for so much success that all of them are going to be rock stars. Because people are going to arrive in the manner you prepare them. They arrive in a manner ready to arrive, pay and stay. They arrive in a manner expecting an expert who will take them through an hour-long evaluation, whatever it is, 45 minutes. I mean, this is all you, right? They know what they'll get during that hour, and then they'll know how much it's going to cost. And then that's it, man. So let me go back. I think that's fine if the context is this. You must acknowledge, because I've heard this, you guys know I do secret callers. I listen to calls all long. I love listening to calls. I do it all week long for all my clients. I love listening to calls because I love listening to calls. And I tell everybody, just send me three calls. You want good calls, bad calls? Send me three calls. You want to know the outcome? No. I just click play and I sit down and listen to the call and we break it down. And the thing is, if I acknowledge Dave right everything is about what happened the step before right so that in and of itself it's neither good nor
0: bad that's what i'm saying there's got to be content. it also be because some some perspective patients might get irritated if yeah, you didn't you acknowledge him dude you didn't fully acknowledge them and you're what? you're responding to yeah. their question with a question there you go so here here's something that We've done with our practice, which I would love to hear your feedback on this, which is if i when I was doing the callbacks or anyone my anyone on my team that's doing so on the front end it's like a receptionist or answering service, so it's it's mm-hmm. not as great as refined as your process right now twenty four seven answering service if there's no receptionist answering, so we at least capture the person's a little bit of their information, but it it doesn't really ask about their situation. We're talking about healthcare, dude. Someone answered the phone. That's a win. Exactly. So now we capture that prospective patient's information. Someone on my, on my team does the call back. So we're calling the prospective patient back in 5, 10, 15 minutes or a little bit longer. And when, when someone on my team does the call back, what we found to be successful is if we say the word insurance and payment first, we control the rest of the Whole phone call and I'll say, okay, so Jerry, I know you called in. You were asking about your, your Aetna insurance. We're definitely going to cover your insurance and cost per visit and potential logistics. If we decide to move forward before we get to that, though, we need to make sure that you're the right fit for us and that we're the right fit for you. And so now tell me a little bit of what's going on and and tell me why you're reaching out for potential help or treatment. And then, then we dig in further with the you said a million times no one's calling physical therapy because they have back pain they're calling because they can't pick up their child or grandchild they can't you know do gardening they can't go for a run or a hike and and that's the only thing that someone is able to do to uh feel better or whatever so whatever the reason is it's not about the physio or the physical therapy treatments or the, the so-called offering that we have but it's more of like what's in it for them that prospective patient so if you that's something that we found that if we mention insurance and cost per visit first, they at least give us a time to then shift the conversation in this type of manner.
1: So I want everybody to think about what Dave just said. Look up at the inbound phone, right? The first step in this five step intake process, which Dave just demonstrated very well, is acknowledgement. So no matter what you hear, how much does it cost? i want to schedule an eval. Do you take my insurance, right? These are really the only three ways, right? There's a little, there's a tell here, maybe 10% of the calls, but in 90% of the calls are going to start like this. So the key here, the very first step is we must acknowledge what we hear. Hi, my name's Dave. I have low back pain. I want to get scheduled for physical therapy. Well, hello, Dave. In case you missed it, my name's Jerry.
0: I'm sorry to interrupt right you. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear you're having low back pain yet I will don't tell you. don't be don't don't be like me where I'm calling around for tires, and I'm not even saying my first name right <laughs> And
1: in case you missed it, my name's Jerry, and by the way, I'm sorry to hear you have low back pain, yet you have called the right place because here at ABC Physiotherapy, we help a lot of people with low back pain. now here so I just acknowledge everything. Dave, low back pain wants to schedule physical therapy. So Dave, here's what I'd like to do next. Now, after acknowledgement, I go into permission-based questions, which you did, Dave. Here's what I'd like to do next, Dave, is I'd like to learn more about you and what's going on with this low back pain. What has led you? Call us here today at ABC Physiotherapy, and then we can look at getting you on the schedule and even talking about price. Will that work for you? Well, I just acknowledged Dave. I told him we're going to talk about him. I told him we're going to hit price. Dave is probably going to agree with me 99.9% of the time. I am in full control. Dave brought this up. So I'm going to say, I am literally, I'm in the driver's seat. Even if Dave says no, you must understand I'm in the driver's seat of this conversation. So this acknowledgement that Dave gave us the great example of is the context here. So again, the example he gave us of the misdirect around the I don't like misdirect. It's just a, hey, I acknowledge it. because actually Dave acknowledged it. I wouldn't go straight into that other thing until I acknowledged it first. Now, let me give you one more example. Let's just do it. Hello, my name's Dave. I have low back pain. I want to get scheduled and I'm wondering if you take my insurance. Hello, Dave. In case you missed it, my name's Jerry. So sorry to hear about your low back pain, but you have called the right place here at ABC Physiotherapy. We do help a lot of people with back pain. Regarding your United Healthcare Insurance, I'm acknowledging. I'd be more than happy to talk to you about your coverage here with us and what we can do to help you out with that. Now, mind you, there's a hard stop here. There's a period, right? To help you with that. Now, what I would like to do first is this. And I'm going to go into the same question. So you guys hear everybody thinks, right? Oh, I, I, I need training in this. I need training in this. I need training in this. The five-step intake process is the training. Hi, do you have a pool? It's the same thing, right? Acknowledgement is a number one. And this five-step intake process must be done in the order it is given. And I'll tell it. Here you go, everybody. Acknowledge. Find out their problem. They need solved, not their goals. You need the problem to be solved. Find out their expectations. Past, present, their expectations of you. So what are you expecting from us? Then make sure they know they're seeing an expert. Make sure they understand what they're going to get for their time, money, and energy with that expert. Ask them how they want to pay. And then recap. If you do start doing that on Friday, because Thursday, you're going to start the lead tracker. Then Friday, you're going to come in and start talking to them about flipping the call, right? So again, this is that phase two broken down for a clinic that has multiple sources of marketing. The other one I showed you is pretty straightforward. Everybody's calling. They're either fax leads or everybody's calling. No big deal. Cool. This clinic does not take insurance. This clinic does Facebook ads. They have website leads. And they also have people calling in. And these are all the directions we could go in that process. So if you think about it, when you look at the red on there, and it's a golden moment, cost callback, welcome call arrival. I mean, look look at all this work that has to come in to arrival. So this is what I'm talking about. You guys fine-tune this. You guys dial this in. By the way, no new marketing, no new hires, no new systems, no new products, no nothing. It's the same team. You want to talk about more money in the bank on Friday. And then if you do this, here's another word I love, efficiency. You'll become more efficient. So actually, your margin will get better. Because again, the empty slots will disappear.
0: One of the things when you said efficiency, we talked about briefly in the pre interviews So one tangible area of efficiency for practicing or listening, if this type of an approach, if they focus on this phase two between now and the next three months, or if they started working with you today, they can have their own built-in pay raise without any new marketing spend, but a pay raise between now and three months of this type of an approach where you're kind of holding them accountable. And... One efficiency would be you're over communicating, you're preparing these folks for your whole experience of the evaluation, like leading up to the evaluation, making sure, again, Jerry's whole approach would arrive, pay and stay. They're less likely to cancel or drop off or no show because they have a different experience speaking with you and the clinic and they they will value that. Expectations and and trust are set right there, dude. And members and it, so you set down. setting their expectations and, and establishing trust. And they'll be more likely to complete their plan of care between same type of thing. If you started this program with Jerry today, pay raise in, within three months, you have evaluations today, these types of folks, these patients on average, because they're having more trust built up, you're managing expectations, there's more communication, they're probably going to start telling friends, family, neighbors to check out this place because everyone talks to each other and, and a lot of people have aches and pains and, and issues. So they're going to more likely to share that because everyone likes to recommend and share places that they really trust and believe in, right? Cause they don't want to look bad. They don't want to recommend a place and refer someone to practice or a business or, or anything. Huge, dude. I don't want to recommend a pizza place to Jerry. And then he goes there and dude, he says it was undercooked pizza
1: places. I only go to pizza places that you've recommended. On
0: your story, dude. (laughs) There we go. There we go. So one of the efficiencies would be those new patients coming from the word of mouth of the original new patients from starting this type of focus on this, on the system, on this approach. And you're getting more new word of mouth patients without the marketing acquisition spend. So that's one tangible efficiency where you're getting more people to refer you patients and clients without paying Google ads, Facebook ads, et cetera, for those folks to come in. And they're pseudo pre-framed and pre-warmed up because- yeah, they're, they're pre-framed. They're pre-suaded. I love the word pre swayed. dude. Have you ever read Robert Cialdini, persuasion? I'm sure you have.
1: Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. So they're pre-suaded. So- That's one. And then the other efficiency is over time, right? So there's number one that gets that money in your pocket tomorrow because it's less spent. Now, over time, do this once, do this twice, do this four, do this five, do this a thousand times. Now you start getting that efficiency within the system, less open slots, right? So what you got to remember is you're going to maximize the machine you put together already because an empty slot on the schedule is not efficiency. That's inefficient. As soon as you start filling the slots and your cancel and your drop-off rate go down over time, now your margin goes up again with zero increase on the expense side. So the second efficiency is now the money. Let's go back to what Dave does. Let's flip this here. You call Dave three, four, five years later, right? Dave's looking at a healthier journey, looking at a healthier bottom line. By the way, Dave's looking at a bottom line that he can trace back to a process that is reproducible, regardless of who's running it, regardless of who's going through it. And now the efficiency on the on the exit side of it is huge. This is a I do a marketing thing where I say you get well, instead of complaining about the multiplier, why don't you just control it? If you maximize the efficiency of your business, you tell them what the multiple is because someone's going to pay it. The only people I ever hear complaining about multiples can't tell me their patient's journey within their business. So I call it show your work. You guys remember, man, my God, if it wasn't for showing your work, I probably wouldn't pass physics. But, you know, it's like, hey, we we have 1,500 new patients coming in every month. How many of them finish? How many complete? Right? Because, you know, 1,500 come in and 500 go out. That's inefficient as heck. Who's going to buy that and give you a multiple? There's no multiple in this because Dave's going to have to come in and create these systems. Here's the other big dirty secret, right? I'm pitching Dave to buy clinics who aren't doing this and saying, Dave, I'll come in and help you guys set this up in three months. Let's pull all the money out that you guys just saved,
0: right? Which, so I, which is something, something you and I t- discussed before, which is either you, Mr. or Mrs. Practice Owner, either you do this now or in the next several months or years or some buyer like us will want to do it. Or they come in. Do it, meaning manage this potential leaky bucket, if that's the case. yeah.
1: Yeah, Dave comes in, pays you for the work you've done. And if you haven't done this, you're going to get less. And then Dave comes to me and says, Jerry, okay, let's build this out. I bring them what I just showed you guys. So let's do it. And they start getting a bigger ROI on the dollar they spent. They start pulling all the money out of your business that you could have been pulling out by doing the same process. This is why this thing is a it's a win-win. And I don't mean work with me. I'm talking, you understand. Go to my YouTube page. I've got a 13 part. I think we're part six rolls out this week. I got a 13 part art and science of selling in healthcare YouTube series. Number six comes out this week. You guys listen to this. It'll break down everything I've told you into very manageable and doable and actionable things. Dave was kind of mention all my stuff that's out there. I have more pride on my YouTube page because I'm like, it's all there. It's all there. Everything
0: then, everybody pays me really, for is there. Really quick. The channel is Jerry Durham PT on if they type that into YouTube, they'll find it. Yeah. And just go, by the way, if you start at the beginning, you'll see it
1: says number six. And the last six are part of that series. I think I did maybe one or two other series. I did like a series of three, but this is the longest running one and it's going right now. Go back to number one, watch it from the beginning because there is context and value in watching it in order. And that's the way I I set it up was to keep building, go from really high level, get down in the weeds, and then we came back up again. And it'll walk you through all of this, talk you through all of this, and it's actionable as hell. And by the way, some of those videos are eight minutes, some are 24 minutes. Nothing's you know, I could do long, I could do eight-hour videos all long and nobody would watch them, right? So I tried to squeeze them down and Deliver
0: that value in each episode. So I want to circle back because if there's a therapy practice owners that are listening. So let's circle back what's in it for them. So in the short term, it's more, more in the bottom line, more take home money in the next three to six months, Easy, dude. Uh, focusing on this. And then any owner that's listening, if they're ever interested in selling some or all their practice, you can get whatever you believe to be top dollar the only way for you to get market rate or above market rate and have you know even a competition like a competitive bidding war between you know two or three different buyers and you're maybe you're sitting there with two or three different offers two or three different letters of intent you know non-binding letters of intent offers is to have more net profit so and then you're going to get a multiple to just to simplify the the process you'll get a multiple times three or times four or times five. Then obviously, depending on how many multiple clinics that you have, you, you can have more scale already and you get larger offers. But regardless of which owner is listening at whatever stage of the game they're at, regardless of what size they're at, you need to be focusing on after you're, you know, you're serving, your team is treating patients and you're getting the outcomes. You have a clinical staff that gets the results. You have a front desk staff that is, Doing some of Jerry's stuff, if not just, you know, traditional warm welcoming and customer service and communication and all the things Jerry talks about managing expectations, focusing on those things, tracking like, so just to recap, tracking the patient experience, making sure there's not a leaky bucket, that there's not a significant amount of drop offs and cancels and no shows. And if you're doing all those things, if you're tracking all that, then you're growing your net profits of your practice if that amount grows you're going to get a multiple of that dollar amount and the bigger that that net profit chunk is then the ebitda the, the the multiplier of that can be larger and so to kind of bring everything back into effect if you're focusing on that and you're able to actually put it into action you're executing on that that's how owners can sell for top dollar In the next year or two, or maybe it's down the road. Maybe it's in the next three to five years. But either way, someone will have to focus on it, which is either you, Mr. or Mrs. Practice Owner, now or in the future, or whoever is potentially buying your practice in the future. Because someone eventually will need to focus on this. Yeah, someone's eventually going to pull it out. So I literally
1: have an ad where it's like, look, I pitch you and promise you the same things. I pitch the guys and girls And people who come in the day after you sign on the bottom line, it's the same exact pitch. Let's pull more out of this business with no more money going in, right? The only investment is me, both sides, by the way, right? And so, and I love the way Dave described that. You guys need to go back and listen because the impact of Thursday and Friday starts, right? So you go, hey, more money in the bank. I'm going to give myself a raise. Well, you get to that comfortable spot after three months, but there's still more money going into the bank. You guys understand that? Now you get to reinvest it in the company. You get to leave it in the bank. You get to give out bonuses. You get to give raises. You get to take out more money for you. I mean, nothing but good things come of this short-term and long-term. I was talking long-term a lot and I thought, but they're getting a short-term impact. Don't deny it. Don't talk past it. And the short-term impact is this doesn't take three years. I realized that's what I was doing. Hey, let's get you ready to sell in three years. And everybody thought, well, I'm not going to see the result for three years. I'm like, no. Most of my clients, I got, again, I'm literally on my second client with my newest meeting. The stuff we worked through and in the impact we had together sitting and brainstorming, he's got it, literally got off the phone 12 hours later, he goes, yeah. I called the broker and told him we're renting that new place because we ran the numbers. We saw the impact. We saw the impact of what he could do. They've done a lot of the work that I showed you guys. He didn't have the capacity, right? And so one phone call, 12 hours later, yep, I'd signed the letter of intent for rental on the new building. He didn't think, because he wasn't looking at his numbers properly. He didn't think him and his current team could maintain and meet the needs of a higher rent on a new place.
0: And we got together so that, and we that, ran all the numbers, dude. So that was an owner looking to open up the next location where they were moving into a larger space or what? Yeah, a larger space
1: for growth. So, right, he's, he's got PTs. He's got, another one in the, he's got another one in the funnel. And it was actually, you know, it was real funny. Didn't understand the value of increasing the capacity in this new space. It was so fearful that they couldn't accommodate the rent. When we ran the numbers, I went, not only can you accommodate the rent, but look at the impact without even, you don't even have to hire anybody to get this impact, which was what what we're talking about right now, right? And we're working on, don't get me wrong, yet I've already worked with this front desk team. So they're already delivering a lot of what we're talking about. Now we're going back in this last 70, right? I just said 20, 30% to the numbers are ginormous his overhead is so low the numbers i i mean i'm running him like three times i'm like this can't be right this can't be right No, let's go back and look at this i'm like oh this is right dude and i just said to him we ended the call with him. i'm like so you do what you need to do 12 hours later uh we signed the letter of intent for the new space so again It just it's fine-tuning, it's making sure people are looking at the right things. You said it already, right? There are ways to measure all these steps of the patient experience. By the way, the patient experience is an emotional journey that we can measure. (laughs) So don't think it's all subjective and it's about Disneyland and feeling good. You know, it baffles me that everybody says the Disney experience, and nobody ever talks about the metrics and the reproducibility. They talk about the friendliness and the fun and all this stuff. And I'm like, Sorry, folks, that's a byproduct of what Disneyland does, right? To get the outcome they want of their process.
0: Do some of your best clients or top clients, do they have a person just answering the phone to go through the patient experience conversation and then a separate person physically in the clinics taking copays and scheduling? Did they have or to- did they go
1: to it? That's the question. They do now, the bulk of them do. So, you know, and and- it's not black and white. So I've got some people, right? They just took that person from the front desk that they identified and moved them to the back of the office. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, some of them don't have the space. So you know what we literally did? We created a space in the front office where their back is to the room and they're answering the phone. So they're not making eye contact with everybody and there are people at the front desk. So we gave this person, created a space and created this area where they could do the job that they were going to be most successful at. So, yeah. And again, we're back to efficiency
0: again, right? So just to confirm, so you're saying that potentially if you have the team and it's two different individuals. It has to be.
1: Yeah. Your face of the company manages the golden moment. Sorry. And that that's the voice of the company. Sorry. The voice of the company Manages the golden moment. They're the person that's doing the five-step intake process. That's right. That second uh, model I pulled up. They're leading people through. Are they scheduled about? Are they uh, a fifteen-minute phone consult? Where am I taking them through to? Right. It's my job. The voice of the company owns patient arrival.
0: And do you have clients that where that individual works remotely? Like they could work in a different city or state. I mean, now with this whole work from home and post COVID era, yeah. And and you, you, I don't know. I don't know the pros and cons of that. I mean, obviously, it's it's great to have someone in the office where they kind of see where the patients end up with you know physically getting treatment and all that coming into the office, but they don't necessarily have to work in the office, right? No, and actually, for a lot of people, I encourage it because I think I'm going to tell you this
1: right now. Um, I've never ever oh. I lie. One, one clinic I've worked with, I said, you got to fire your front desk person. I've never gone in anywhere and told them to fire. We moved people around because they had two, three, four people. So there was someone there who's better on the phone that we could leverage for this. But for those who weren't and filling out and they're starting to get maxed on space, I'm like, I actually have a job posting for a front desk virtual voice of the company that reads like a sales ad, but it's for a front desk person in a healthcare office. Right. And then the uh, objectives, everything. Right. And it's easy enough. Everybody it's, it's so funny how everybody gets so worried about, I'm like, this person's going to make you more more money. It's easy enough to set up the KPIs, a phone system to track how long they're on the phone. And I'm just going to throw this out there as a little caveat, but I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. If you don't know how much a a new patient is worth to your company then all this is going to be too expensive and you're never going to make the change you need to make to actually make your business valuable, to pull the money out of it today or to make it valuable for a And I'm going to be more than happy to come up with Dave and help him out for six months to then implement what should have been implemented years ago. But if, if you look at a new patient as a replaceable commodity at $100 a visit, you will lose 100% of the time. If you look at that as your average core, I'm going to make up easy numbers. And of course, it carries $1,000. My front desk people knew every time they picked up the phone and are, I need to get scheduled. They were in control of whether the business was going to make $1,000 or lose $1,000 at that moment in time. You want to talk about some pressure on front desk people, on someone who's just telling people to get scheduled and is moving people off a wait list. So yeah. So I want to find the best person and I want to give them the space to do that. I've got people going, but wait, we're going to pay them for eight hours, but how much are we paying them? What are they going to do the rest of the time? I'm like, how much is it? New... I've had people come at me. Oh, a new patient's worth 2,400 bucks. And I'm like, what's your conversion rate currently? Right? Oh, it's 50%. I'm like, so let's do some math. I said, if I increase your conversion rate by 10%, let's say 100 calls, 10 people, it's another $20,000 a month. Do you really care what they're doing in between phone calls if they bring you another $20,000 a month at $20 an hour? I'm going to let that one hang because it happens every week. I'm like, how much is a new patient worth? I'm like, so if they increase your conversion I was, by the way, the people I'm working at, 5 10%, 15% is ginormous numbers. I just worked with a group or pitched a group, I should say, you know, a 9% change was seven figures, dude. So I'm just sitting there going, I think, I, I think I'm think i done talking. I'm like, I can get this up. But by the way, I can get it up 9%. This is money in the business. These are people calling the office already. So, right. So if we think of this as a non, and I won't do business with anybody who says the front desk is a non-revenue generating position. And we'll, and we'll stick to it. I mean, we all did. I did for 10 years. But if you don't believe that they're the entry point to the business and that they're going to put more people on the schedule of a right, pain stay, no. And, and they're doing the volume play, and they're going to get their multiplier out of their number of clinics. And But in, you know what's funny? My world is to move into these clinics and Im- immediately establish these front desk people, the people answering the phone. As the key component they are and then building out a bonus program for them and then showing the owner slowly but surely that the trickle down and right for the rest of the team so i'm working with a lot of the owners before they ever see the money to set up new business uh, sorry pay pay structure and bonus structure for front desk and uh, uh providers you know some of these bigger groups that are just going on the volume won't do the work well, where there ain't no money flowing downhill. So I sleep well at night, man. I sleep well at night knowing we're taking care of people in the community who now know what your clinic has to offer them and what they're going to pay for. We now have people in roles, in non-provider roles that are respected and actually admired. And it's understood the role they play in patient success. We now have bonus structures set up for team members, all team members, right? When the business does well. And by the way, you still get your big old raise by the way, you're taking all the risk. I, I look, Sometimes I get employees start complaining. I'm like, who's taking the risk here? You ain't taking no risk. So uh, don't get me wrong here. I'm pro getting everybody paid and I'm pro, right?
0: Everybody to, took the risk and taking the risk and you paid, right? And we'll wrap up in a second. But when you say risk, I mean, there, there's, I think there's way more risk if someone was going to buy one of these like medical devices that's like 70 80 grand and then you guys dude. let's
1: talk risk yeah
0: and then then you got to spend what another 10 20 whatever grand on marketing it right on your website facebook youtube uh google whatever adding that feature to your website whatever it is so and that might be helpful that might be a a good treatment option um i don't have to list by the the way we i don't have to list the actual medical devices but i'm saying you're saying risk but it's like There's a lot more things that are risky buying, you know, multiple high, low tables where each table is three grand. Maybe you need a table. By the way,
1: you know, the riskiest thing here, let's double back to my conversation. The riskiest thing is posting a job for a front desk person. and You don't understand their value in the company, because at least if you buy that piece of machinery, right, you just sit there and eventually it'll pay itself off 75 bucks at a time. But that front desk person, You're not measuring, right? You don't know. We started this, no lead tracker. How much business have they lost us through my own fault? Uh, By the way, I need to say this. I say it during every talk. I never blame a front desk person for a bad first phone call or for hanging up on someone saying, no, we don't take your insurance because that's how they were trained. So as I tell everybody, I've had bad calls. I've never blamed the person taking the call. I go
0: back to the owner and go, you f***ed up. Yep, comes back to the owner. I think that's a good place to pause. So guys, yeah, I think check that's
1: out. a great place to
0: pause. Jerry Durham, PT on YouTube. You connect with him on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. What's the website? Remind me, the clientexperience.com.
1: Experience Yeah, You can connect with me there. And, and it does. There's a scheduling calendar. If you want to schedule a call and talk about your business. But there's a lot of information about me and what I do and the people I've worked with. So I plan all my testimonials. Some of the people I'm talking about now, we've got a whole new group of testimonials coming up, investing a lot of time and energy into that. Clientexperiencecompany.com. And I think the best place to go for, to just be in the know every day is Instagram right now. And then if you go into my bio and Instagram, there's a link tree there. You can get to my podcast, you can get to my YouTube, you can get to schedule a call. I think those are the big ones. Oh, you can get to the website from there. Perfect. We'll share
0: that in the show notes. Jerry, thank you so much for your time. It was awesome. Great conversation as always, Dave. Excellent. Thank you, guys. If you find this valuable, what we want you to do is share it with one owner colleague. Send, grab the link of this episode, this YouTube, this Spotify, this iTunes. Copy, paste, send it in a text or an email. Just send it to one practice owner colleague that maybe you went to PT school with, OT school with a colleague that you met at PPS, whatever, send it to just one colleague, one practice owner. We would appreciate that. And you can subscribe, you know, see when the new shows get published. You'll be notified if you're interested, if you like it, if you love it, let us know. Thumbs up, thumbs down, give us some feedback. Thank you guys. That's it for the Dave Kittle Show. Bye. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at Dave at ConciergePainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C O N C I E R G E painrelief.com. Or you can call me at any time, 646 781